my god. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Before I get into any of the content for this week's episode, I have to make a trigger warning. Because it's important for me to not make anyone else feel uncomfortable with the experiences I'll be discussing. Um, so I have to address this now. I will be talking about my own mental health and the experiences, the thoughts, the feelings that I've had during my recovery process. I want to be very vulnerable and open to talking about both the good and the bad, so please listen at your own discretion. All right, let's get into this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of Life Changers. If you're listening, I am so excited to have you back in this safe space with me, and thank you so much for tuning in. I also hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving with whoever you decided to share that day with. <sighs> I know I said on my last episode that I will have episodes posted every Sunday, but I have to be real with y'all, the seasonal depression hit me so hard this past week. Like I didn't have the same motivation to work on this episode like the way I did with episode one. Um, but now that I've had time to rest, recover, and get my mojo back, I am much better than I was last week. I'll always aim to have episodes posted on Sunday, but depending on my mental health and personal life, that's always subject to change. So be sure to follow me on my Instagram because that's where I'm probably going to be posting all the updates for like future episodes. Yeah, I don't really have an official time limit for each podcast I publish, but I really like being on schedule. So I will always aim to have each episode on Sunday if I'm able to do so. It's funny because I started working on this episode outline during Thanksgiving and this week's topic is about my eating disorder. <laughs> it's funny how it lined up with the one day a year the majority of us celebrate food. And this year I actually enjoyed eating. Go me. Treatment does help. <laughs> Anyways, like I mentioned, this week's topic focuses on my eating disorder, specifically talking about why I decided to seek inpatient treatment in the first place. I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in episode one that I was in residential treatment for the first month of this year, and then the second month I was in partial hospitalization, uh, which I refer to as PHP, and also admitted into a psychiatric hospital, but we will talk about that later. <laughs> so yeah, this week I'll focus on the events that led me up to my admission to residential. Then next week, I'll talk about my experience in residential and PHP. I just wanna add this clip because I'm editing right now and I'm kind of listening through everything. I meant to say third part, not third episode. And the third episode focuses on my learnings from that whole experience and just words that I want to share with those who resonate with what I've said and words I'd like to share if someone's listening and they need advice from someone who's already gone through oh, Sadie. And words I'd like to share if someone listening needs advice from someone who's already gone through the intense process of starting recovery. This is such a deep talking. <laughs> This is such a deep topic to be discussing in the second episode. And honestly, I'm not sure if this is gonna be inspiring to anybody or if it's just gonna be a big trauma dump for me. But let's just jump into the deep end because why not? I can talk about anything on here, right? So let's start this first part. What led me to admitting myself into treatment? I should say this now that since a young age, I've always had a difficult relationship with food. Sometimes I feel like it's my Hispanic culture and my upbringing that made it more challenging as I was growing up, but I digress because I don't want to use that as the reason why I developed an eating disorder. 
Also, to avoid saying eating disorders so many times, I'm just going to say ED for sure. So glad we're on the same page. But yeah, there were some days where I either ate too much or I didn't eat at all. Like, if I can be so honest with y'all, I would go days without eating anything. Or I'd eat foods that didn't properly fuel my body and just made me more fatigued. I'm pretty sure between the ages of like 12 to 18, 60% of my breakfast would be like a bag of hot Cheetos. And I would eat that right before the first period bell. I remember I would find like the most secluded corner place to eat these because I was scared of the judgment I was going to get from my peers. Um, but it was my comfort food and that was really the only thing I could tolerate eating. So, you know, homie was just trying her best. Until December of 2022, I never really saw it as an issue because I was always so focused on doing well in school and that took up so much of my energy, like literally all my energy. So yeah, I never really took the time to focus my attention on other important areas of my life, like my physical and mental health. So last year when I graduated with my master's and I had no more school, my shit was rocked. Like when I say rocked, I mean rocked. Because this was the first time in my life where I didn't have the distraction of school to keep me from focusing on my well-being. Not only was I going through an identity crisis because I was no longer a student and I had no plans for after I graduated, but I was feeling my body breaking down. It was all catching up to me all at once. Three to four months leading up to my admission in January of this year, it was Friday the 13th to be exact, I, I was at one of my lowest points in life. Probably the lowest point I've ever hit. Okay, I have to reiterate the trigger warning because I think this is the part of the episode where I really get into the intensity of my condition prior to getting admitted. So just a heads up, not trying to scare anyone. I also want to add that I'm not talking about this for any pity. Like, I'm a big girl who went through big girl shit, and I want to talk about it because I'm so proud of myself for crawling out of the deep hole of misery I created for myself. With the help of some shitty people who made it deeper than I deserve, but anyways. <laughs> so a few months before admission, I started to notice a lot of signs that I needed more support than I and my loved ones could provide me. For starters, I was self-harming. This isn't something new for me. I have a history of being outwardly abusive to myself in various ways, but during this time, it got to the point where I was getting frequent concussions. And I will not be going into how that happened, um, but just, I couldn't control myself. It was, it was really hard. I started having panic attacks every day. Like I've said, nothing new for me, but every day, like, I was literally losing my mind and no one around me knew how to address that without having me spiral even harder. I felt like Ariana when she said she had no more tears to cry. Like, girl, same. I felt that so hard. I was absolutely scared to eat. Like, truly, I had a fear of food. I couldn't look at it. I couldn't smell it. Like, nothing. It got to the point where I would basically starve myself because the thought of putting food into my mouth was the most horrific thing I could do to myself. I had people around me to make eating easier because I would always end up throwing up everything if I even tried to have a meal. Sometimes it was a conscious decision, sometimes it was subconsciously. The next symptoms on my list are depression and anxiety. Again, nothing new. But it got to the point of really affecting my school performance during the last semester of grad school. And if I can be so real, I genuinely didn't think I was going to graduate, but I did. 
one of the hardest things I've ever done, but so rewarding at the same time, just like treatment. To give some context, during my last semester, I interned at a treatment center. So you could just imagine how many times a day I was so triggered. And not being emotionally stable during that time sent me into the worst spirals. I was the walking definition of severe depression and anxiety. And this is something I've been dealing with for the majority of my life. So in the moment, it didn't feel like a big contributing factor to my downfall. <laughs> but on top of everything else, it was like icing on the cake. My breaking point was going to the ER on Christmas Eve. At that point, I knew I needed to do something because if I didn't, if I can be so real with y'all, I don't know how long I would be here. I went in because I hadn't eaten or drank water in days and I was in such intense pain, I couldn't move a muscle without feeling like stabbing sensations all around my body. So after going through that, I was like, yeah, I'm at the point where I need to do something because it's, it's getting really bad. So at first my decision to go through admission wasn't fully voluntary. I was so scared to leave my bedroom, like my physical safe space, and go somewhere where I knew absolutely no one and had no control over my circumstances. Like there was zero motivation to make any action towards that. And the idea of going anywhere other than my house just sounded stupid to me. I have to give so much credit to my girlfriend, Caitlin, because she basically didn't give me an option to not go. Well, okay, no, she didn't force me, but she really prioritized my well-being, like more than myself at that time. And she was, and still is, my number one supporter. She really helped me throughout that process as far as supporting me, but also helping me look for a great residential program, like one that I could actually benefit from. So Caitlin, if, well, I know you're listening to this, <laughs> But I just want to take this time to thank you for pushing me so hard. Like you play a huge role, a huge, huge role in my recovery process. And I wouldn't be where I am today if you didn't believe in me and believe in my ability to take care of myself. So thank you, like truly. Looking back, going to residential was like my last hope to live a better life and a healthier life. And honestly, the timing was as perfect as it could be because I had just graduated school. I had no job position waiting for me and I had an abundant amount of time to focus on myself, which was very foreign to me because I never put myself first prior to this experience. So admission was like a month long process, like just to get admitted, it took a month. And it feels like a dream when I think about how I actually followed through with all their admission requirements. Like within that whole month, I had to go through an intense medical exam. I had to fill out tons of paperwork, um, so much paperwork, especially because it was in a different state. Um, but the hardest part for me was figuring out how my kids were going to be taken care of while I was gone. Let me just say, Leaving Buster and Sadie broke my heart the most. Like they're my emotional support animals for a reason and not being able to see them for who knows how long because no one ever knows how long they're going to be in certain stages of treatment. That was so scary. Like, oh, that was hard. That one, that one was really hard. <laughs> Before leaving, I found a lot of ease knowing that the residential house I was going to was in Texas. So I could see my family during visitation hours, but that feeling of comfort was soon crushed when a few days before getting on my flight, I got a phone call from my person of contact and they told me I couldn't go to the specific facility that I 
was originally admitting to because I was too old. For context, I was admitting on January 13th. I was freshly 23 years old and the facility that I was admitting to only allowed ages up to 22. So technically I was eight days too old and couldn't be accepted or I would be a liability, which I don't know why they waited so long to tell me that because they knew my age, they knew my birthday, but whatever, <laughs> I digress. After telling me that, the admissions person also broke the news to me that there were no other adult facilities in Texas. Like I only had two options, Chicago or California. Like I couldn't even fathom at the time the instant and significant change that was about to happen. Like I was so mentally prepared to go to a different city, but a different state, that's a whole other game. At this point in time, I was just like, oh my God, what am I doing? I didn't even want to start this in the first place. And now I have to go somewhere that I was never expecting to go to. There was a lot of feelings. I was trying to keep myself alive while also shitting my pants because this experience just got 10 times harder for me. At first I wanted to choose Chicago because I have family nearby and if I really, really needed something, they would be around and, and I would feel more comfortable and feel more safe. But then the lady that I was talking to was like, well, I'll give you my honest opinion. I love the team that works in California. I know them personally, like they're very good people. And I don't know what switched in my mind, but I was like, yeah, I'll go to California. <laughs> it's okay, I don't need family around me. I'll go to California. I don't, I don't know what possessed me to say that, but I did. And so I ended up choosing California. Did I know anyone there? Not at all. Was I gonna move halfway across the country with no loved ones around me and without knowing what was gonna happen? Yes. <laughs> was I absolutely terrified about this and wanted to back out immediately? Fuck yeah. It was just, it was hard. It was really hard. All right, so this episode is a little bit shorter, but I'm gonna go ahead and stop it here because I've already shared enough and I need a break from this topic. It's emotionally draining to bring this up because I'm reminiscing on really tough experiences that I went through. So with that being said, I'll continue this conversation in next week's episode. So you got to tune in next week to keep on listening to my experiences and my time in treatment. Um, okay, I'm signing off now. Thank you so, so much for listening this week and for your continuous support. And I hope your week is just as amazing as you are. All right. Bye, guys. So this, all right, I'm gonna,